What a backhanded compliment no, that was. No, no, no. We're all uh, special, Josh. That's a bless your heart. <laughs> that, was, that was sort of a bless <laughs> That was a bless your heart, wasn't uh, it? Yeah, it was. Bless your little heart. <laughs> yeah, it was close to that. Yeah. That wasn't my intent. the intro i'm josh anderson hey i'm bob galen did you like we just recorded the metacast and i wanted to see i did a lot of the talking but it was a different topic for us i know i know but what did you think about it what do you you know did you think it was compelling do you think it was resonated with agile what do you think yeah without giving it away it's something that makes good teams great and good leaders great and good engineers great oh i like the way you said it it's true you know what? And it's it it's beyond code, beyond design, because the universe doesn't do such a good job of it, right? Yeah, at, at all, right? Uh, so this is a teaser. That's what's known in the uh, in the in the industry. Oh, the industry, <laughs> in the industry, <laughs> Medicare. Look at us. We are industry experts now. As a super teaser, so, twelve episodes, and we're like, we're experts now. Wait, no, I'll never, I'll <laughs> never consider myself an expert. Uh, I have plenty of people in my universe who knock me down when I ever I get full of myself. <laughs> it starts with my family. My family does a good job of that. But but in all seriousness, Medicare, I I want you to pay attention. It's a good. Solid Metacast. It's also going to have some links to some videos and stuff. So don't just, if you commit to listening to the Metacast, I want you to commit to following up with the links. Uh, the videos are worth their weight in gold. Uh, and we're not getting paid for that. Uh, and it's not that they're the greatest vi- vi- videos, but they'll they'll sort of affirm the conversations. And, right. and they'll complete the conversations yeah. and the ideas. Yeah. It'll really connect the dots of what we're talking about. Right? So what else do we want to talk about in the Metacast? Um, so first, Agile Podcast Network, oh. right? And all of our fellow podcasters are out there. Lots of great content. So if you watch the Twitter feed or just go to our website, there are a handful of episodes every week that come out that will help you get better. Who's out there? I mean, uh, is Ripley out there? Mm-hmm. Ripley's in it. Corey Bryant's in it. Mm-hmm. I mean, Corey... Uh, he interviewed, um, oh gosh, there's an English guy, I'm blanking on his name, who just wrote a product ownership book. Mm-hmm. So Corey uh, is out there with a product owner or, or product management, but product ownership podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, what's it called? Um, Agile Coffee? No, no, no. Uh, it's uh, Deliver It, I think. Yeah. Oh, yeah, his, yes, yeah. Deliver It. And he, uh, he interviewed a guy who came out with a competitive book to my own on product ownership but it's a really good book and he interviewed him and really good insights and stuff so we're you're not getting kool-aid on these podcasts you're getting value you're getting leading edge voices uh our community really works hard to bring you what what i think is relevant uh value uh high impact high value yeah i mean that's why we put it together is to line up with the mission of the metacast of just trying to help agile people become more agile we realized we didn't have all of the answers and we know we won't. So we partnered with a handful of folks that we think line up nicely with the messages that we're trying to send and in really hopes of giving you everything you need to 
get the growth that you're seeking. So exercise our network. Yep, absolutely. Right, get get in there, get in there, stick your nose in, move it around, <laughs> and snort in some podcasts. Holy crap! What has happened? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what that was. What else? Uh, anyone? Uh, so um, leading up towards this summer, um, both Bob and I, and actually a few other of the Agile Podcast Network hosts and podcasts themselves, will be in Las Vegas at a Techwell event, um, Better Software Conference West. Yeah, and we're going to do some live podcasts out there, right? Yeah, and we speaker are. and like. We're going to do some three ways and four ways and stuff yep, like that. Yep, cool. Yep. So, so we've done that before. Metacast just a few times, not very many. Like we probably have two, three, four right. of those episodes. But we're going to do more of that. Uh, so mix it up a little bit. We're, gosh, we are so agile sometimes. It it makes me want to cry. You know that <laughs> we are. We're just we're just mixing it up. So look for that. Uh, what about uh, anyone anyone who's blessed with us? And they want to say bless our their little hearts with with some cashieroo. Is there something they could do? Patreon is an option if you uh, value what what we offer. There's always an option to give back a little bit. Again, we're um, we are inching closer towards video streaming. I've been messing around at home with some different tools to do live streams. Oh, that's video what that's, streams. that's what yeah, that, that's what you this have is. been. Medicus, I'm looking yeah. at a little camera. Yeah, he's experimenting. Uh oh. Yeah, watch out. You need a wide he's, angle for me, dude. Well, okay. Well, we need a couple. We <laughs> we need a couple of wide angles. Yeah. Uh, enough of that. Yeah, so, so um, final thing, because we're going to post this just a couple days before it happens, um, but we get the biggest bump in listeners per, per episode of the day. It's shipped out. So um, Friday, March 28th at Triagile here uh-huh. in Raleigh, North Carolina, we are working on having our first live, live Q&A podcast session, and I'm going to try and stream it live. We're going to see how good the, no way. the Wi-Fi is there. So we're going to try and do a live stream. Um, I'm working on that. So no so no promises, folks, but I'm doing everything but, I can. But at least we're going to record a oh, yeah. live Q&A session yes. with a conference audience. Yes. If you're listening to this and you come to Triangle, come to that session. We also have a, a football and peanut football and Agile is like peanut butter and jelly. So Josh and I are doing a tag team talk at, at Triangle. But we've also elbowed our way in mm-hmm. to a separate session, which is a Metacast, yep. a live Metacast, yep. which I'm excited about. Uh, so come to that. It's an opportunity to ask questions. Free coaching. So we'll be all over the place. Hopefully, fingers crossed, we'll get questions from all over the place. So that'll be sort of like a hodgepodge <laughs> Metacast. A potpourri? A potpourri <laughs> of, of agile coaching <laughs> advice. Oh, gosh. So, with all that being said, yes. we, better, we better get you into the episode. Please, please. On to the episode. Welcome to Metacast. I'm Josh Anderson. And I'm Bob Galen. Yes. we're And we're in a different location, Metacasters. I mean, this is actually a pretty cool location. We have windows. This is like the original location. This is the first place. I, isn't it? I was yeah, saying that. I think we started here, then we did some at your house. We did we did a few here, mm-hmm. and I think the kids were sort of making noise and stuff at the time, <laughs> yes. right? Well, they were little yeah. at the time. This yeah. was this was seven plus years ago. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, I remember coming out here. Uh, actually, when I came out here, I got lost. The, now my GPS found it, 
But I think back one back then, I think I don't think I had a GPS. I think I was like looking at a map, like a paper. What? Well, I'm old school, Those right? Exist. Yeah, and this and this this location was not on the map, no, as I recall. Sure, sure it, it wasn't. It, no, I recall. Yeah. I recall there was like a gap, like like there was a dirt, like there was. This is the way to get there, but then there's like a quarter mile of nothing, <laughs> but it's over the hill, right? Yeah. And I'm like, well, shoot, I'm in a car. How do I do that? <laughs> but I found I found it this time. So this is the original. How many did we do here? A couple. Yeah, a handful maybe. A handful. Then we went to my house. Then you had to sneak in. So Metacasters, we're, we're, we're going back down memory lane here just for a bit. We're waxing down. We're, we're getting older. But do you remember coming into my house like yeah. early in the morning? Very quietly. And I'm like, shh, the dogs, <laughs> the dogs don't, right? So we have like Irish wolfhounds. I'm, I'm embellishing a little bit Metacasters, but, you know, we had a, a pack of 20 Irish wolfhounds and they'll rip into pieces <laughs> if if they're activated. Uh, so he, we didn't want to activate them. So you would come in. I would tiptoe up the stairs. You would tiptoe up the stairs at like 7 o'clock in the morning or something like yeah. that, right? Yep. Yeah. Uh, but that's when my wife met you, and she and Metacaster. She she fell in love with the youngster <laughs> who was who was putting up with me, and which I hear to this day. It's you know she's a smart lady. That young man, that yeah. cute young. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, did you have your eyes open? <laughs> no, it's seven in the morning. <laughs> it was seven in the morning. I know. Uh, and then we went, and we did it there for a little while, but not too long. Mm-mm. Uh, and then we moved to like. Then we started doing it at your jobs. Yeah. And then you had the one over by the prison, right? What was that? What was, <laughs> yeah. No, I remember the prison. Yeah, that was the one over by the prison. Yep. What what company was that? That was called Step Leader. Step Leader. Yeah. But it was right across like the it was ra- railroad tracks. It was, oh, I thought it was a moat no, it, or no. railroad tracks. It was the railroad tracks and then the prison. Yeah. yeah. With razor wire and stuff, <laughs> right? Yeah. So so we did it. We did it there for a long time. Um, but even then, not in your office, I think we had to do it in a special room. There was yeah. a special room over yep. there or something like yeah. that. Well, yeah, and that was back in the days of the USB mic in the middle of the table. Oh, right? we had the snowball mic yeah. and stuff like that, yeah. right? And we shared one. Didn't yeah. we share one? Yeah, and then we tried sharing two, and I screwed it up a bunch of times. And so. USBs, but but yeah. it was they would have competing mics yeah, uh, and stuff. All right, enough of that. Yeah, yeah. Down. So All right, so let's get down to our topic. So, let's not beat around the bush, Bob. Right. Okay. Yeah. Segway. Let me, let me segway. Let me tell you what I think, Josh. Tell me, Bob. I'm going to give you absolute candor. So, so the topic today, Metacasters, is I was. Uh, I mean, I'm I'm always trying to do research or read or stay current, and LinkedIn is a good trigger for me. So I saw this um, this lady who who started a company called Candor Inc., and she talks about uh, the concept of radical candor. And um, I thought it, it would be a nice sort of orthogonal topic to Agile. So it's not a direct, she's not an Agilist. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think the person who liked it was an Agile coach or something like that. And I watched the video. She had a 20-minute video or something. It wasn't a TED Talk, but it was similar to a TED Talk. She was talking to an investment community, mm-hmm. um, which I think it resonated with her audience in this 20-minute video because they wanted to beat the crap out of their investment companies, right? It's like, they need more. We need, we need to squeeze right. more yeah. juice out of these oranges. Um, but she, she started it. I'll tell a story, and then you can sort of see how it resonates. She was working at Google. 
and she, I forget what division, but she was reporting to this to the sea level folks. So like Eric Schmidt, mm-hmm. Sergey, and something. So she she did a divisional, like a monthly or a quarterly progress survey from one of their major groups, uh, and that the group was doing well. And Cheryl Sandberg was in attendance, who was, I think, like the COO or something like that. So more operations, mm-hmm. g- general operations. And at the end of the, and and they were doing well. So she was so she was new to Google. So she was you know had been there a couple of weeks or a month. Uh, she got this wonderful opportunity to be on stage to like some really heavy hitter folks. Uh, she did her pitch. The good news was the division was knocking out of the park. So Eric Schmidt was like, uh, "What can we do?" Right, mm-hmm. you're, you're giving us all this money, so can we give you more money to make us more money? Right. So that's a good presentation to do to executives, yeah. right? And it had a good outcome. And then Cheryl uh, Sandberg invited her to uh, to walk back to her office. Mm-hmm. I think she reported to Cheryl in some way, and uh, and she and she was saying, uh, "You say um a lot mm-hmm. when you're talking." Right. And like, you know, you do um a lot. And the, and the, and the lady was pushing back. She was, because Cheryl really wasn't saying it firmly. Right. It was more of a conversation. And this young lady was from New York. Mm -hmm. She's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I say, um, okay. Uh, I've always said, um, and she left, (laughs) you know, big deal. We knocked it out of the freaking park. Mm -hmm. And the, and Cheryl kept, was persistent. And Cheryl was like, yeah, but you said it you know quite often. So she's beating around the bush a little bit, mm-hmm. uh, and and the lady was not taking the feedback. Mm-hmm. And then Cheryl just like look, hold it a second. Let's stop this. You say um every third word, and you sound really stupid when you do it. Mm-hmm. And I'm like concerned about your stupidity. So and and Cheryl along the way, I didn't say it, but she was offering her like a, a presentation. Like training, mm-hmm. she was like, "What can we?" Do? So she wasn't right. She wasn't picking on her. She actually wanted to improve her. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, so she was showing she actually cared about this 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 young lady, right? And that's the story. And she's like, "What Cheryl gave me was the biggest gift. She gave me candor, right? Because I was not getting the message." Uh, and and Cheryl wasn't beating around the bush really. She was trying to she was trying to communicate. She was mm-hmm. being clear, right. but I wasn't receiving it. So she took that's her that's her story, and and what she said is she's seen she's seen that pattern everywhere mm-hmm. in life, in business where people do not tell truth, they're not honest, they're not clear, uh, and uh, she started this uh, a company called Candor Inc. And that's what they're doing is they're trying to, with videos and training and consulting, they're trying to inject and show people. And they have a model. They have a quadrant model and stuff. Right. But but they're trying to get people to, to provide more candor uh, everywhere, but particularly in the workplace. Yeah. What do you, any reactions to that? So uh, there's a couple of reactions that I have. And, and, and one, just for the agile people that are listening, that candor is really important inside of a team. Right to be able to have that frank discussion, have it be two way safe zone, right where I'm comfortable telling you things and you actually receive the feedback and do something with it. That's how teams really accelerate. That's hard um, because you need everybody in that team to operate in that way, both give and receive with, with with candor. But also, as a leader, I've always felt it's been my responsibility 
to tell people what they need to hear, even if it's not what they want to hear. Because otherwise you're not, you're just there, right? You're not adding value. And those are never fun discussions, but when they're received well, it's always amazing to look back and see the growth that happens and to be a part of that and work through that and to support that person through that growth. But that growth doesn't happen unless they get the feedback that they need, right? If you keep telling somebody that they're doing good, they might never push themselves to get better. Or if you're right, or if you're hinting. My wife does this a lot because Diane is like really she was raised to be, you know, to be really nice, mm-hmm. right? You don't say nasty things to people. So Diane will hint around it. And and my spider sense, you know, we've been married around each other so long that I can sort of I get a sense of no no no, she's she's actually communicating something really serious to me. And I and then I try to pull it out of her. I'm like, oh, you, you're telling me I'm an ass, right, or something, right? I just I just had a you know an asshole. Excuse my French, yeah. but I had an asshole moment, didn't I? And she and she immediately won't. No, no, no. Well, you know, Bob, you could you know the birds are singing and you could have been better. And there was a little ray of sunshine and you did deflect it a little bit. Right. And eventually she'll sort of. But but I I can tease it out of her, and she's like, yeah. Next time, just have her send me an email, and then I'll 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 be happy to be the bad guy. I'll be happy to say, Bob, you're an ass. <laughs> Here's the problem. <laughs> yeah, exactly, you're an utter ass. Bob. Yes, but but I'm sure you've encountered people like that, and I've done it myself, right? And it, you've done it, it yourself, yeah. right? Yeah. I've done it. I've done it myself. Um, although. In the workplace, that's what that's what this. I wish I could remember her name. Uh, when we post this metacast, we'll put put some links up there. Um, but she was telling like when when bosses do it, they're really doing something terrible. They're they're not doing their job. Right. Yeah. So if you're friends and you do it, or if you're sort of significant others and you do it, that's one thing. You're still doing maybe potentially damage, but it, you don't have a moral imperative. You're not getting paid. To to be can, right. you know, to provide yeah. candor, but when you're leading someone, she told another story where she had to fire someone. Mm-hmm. So she, she, every there was an employee who wasn't cutting it, and but was really nice, mm-hmm. was a really nice guy, uh, and and always would inject like in meetings and stuff when there was tension, he would inject fun and humor. Mm-hmm. So he would bring in donuts sometimes, or he would do things so he was fun loving and he would he had a deflection where he would deflect tension mm-hmm. in meetings but at the end of the day every so she knew that he was not performing and people were telling her that he was not performing uh but she never ever had a candor discussion with him in like you know nine or ten months until she pulled him into her office and fired him mm. And and her and and this is this is not her being proud of it. This is she's giving this as a case study to say I've screwed the pooch yeah, on this stuff yeah. myself. This is why I'm forming the company. This is why radical candor is important. Uh, and I'm good at this stuff. And and what if you know a lot of other people are probably doing this all the time. Mm-hmm. And she fired. And his response to her, and she didn't have a good response. Why did you never tell me? Right, yeah, exactly. Because all he ever got from her was nice, nice, nice stuff. Right. right? Nice. Yeah, that doesn't do anybody any good. No. 
No. So I think at a team level, you brought up the team level. I think at a leadership level, we need, we need that radical candor. Mm-hmm. Uh, we need to promote it. It's. I don't think it's in people's. I mean, I mean, no, I want you hard. to. I it's want you, hard. but I want you to speak to, you know, percentages. Like, how big of a problem is it? Is it like cigarette smoking and cancer, or is it like a hangnail? I mean, no, it's this, a it's a problem, right? Because it's uncomfortable. I'd say seventy five percent of the leaders out there don't do a good job with it. You that's, know, that's where I come. Yeah, in. It, it's and in, in that ballpark, maybe higher, right? I I don't know, but one of the things, and I've learned really good lessons. I've made mistakes, just like her story along the way. Um, but in the past few years, I've had the opportunity to work with somebody that was really good at their job, right? But wanted, aspired to take that next leap. But there were challenges and issues that they had in working with others or whatever the problem was. Right. But they were so good at their job, their leaders were afraid to say anything negative. Because they didn't want to lose the person, right? Because they were a great coder, you know. So there would be positions that would open. This person would apply. They wouldn't get them. They get frustrated, but never get the communication about why you're not a good fit. These are the things you need to work on to grow into that role, right? Well, that was one of the points she made with her. She has a quadrant, so I'm not going to remember it right, but she had a vertical quadrant that said. Uh, on the upper side, it's I care about you. Mm-hmm. I have your best interest at mm-hmm. heart. And on the bottom side, it was I don't give a shit about you. Mm-hmm. So she's like, and then she walked around the quadrant. So there are people who won't give you feedback, but they also are sort of jerks. They just don't care about anyone, right? They care about themselves. Right. She said Cheryl, Cheryl Sandberg, she knew that Cheryl cared about her. So she was giving, and it wasn't personalized. She she didn't say, and she was very careful about it. She said, Cheryl did not tell me that I was stupid. Mm-hmm. She said, I sounded stupid because every third word was um, mm-hmm. right? She didn't say I was stupid. She didn't personalize it. She gave right. me depersonalized feedback, one. And, she, and I knew immediately that she cared about me, right? So this wasn't cruel or unusual, uh, or, uh, you know, wasn't reaching out, sort of reacting, uh, you know, reacting negatively about something else. It was it was constructive, mm-hmm. and it was intended to improve her, right? So I think that's important to know is when, like, what are your intentions as a leader? Mm-hmm. Like, have you partnered with people earlier? Uh, I think it's easier. So now I'm getting into, like, how can we have radical candor? I think one of the things as a leader, or even as a team member, is we have to we have to have a posture of caring. Mm-hmm. We have to have a posture of positivity. Uh, we we have, a, have to have a posture of looking for improvement for its own sake, not like for ourselves as well, mm-hmm. right? So we're just looking to get better. What do you think? What are some other ways that, that you need to sort of prepare people for radical candor or, or the intentions? What do you think? One of the approaches that I always take with something like that is I bring it to a discussion and start talking through the, th- the things I see. So those ums or whatever those are and say, I'm worried that's going to turn into this. How can I help you get better and build a plan? Right? So to me, that's what it's about. It's okay. Here's this issue. What are you and I going to do about it? And it's you and I, right? I'm not going to say, Hey, I don't like those shoes. Solve it. It's going to be, Hey, I don't like those shoes. How can I help you? What so partnership. So maybe yeah. a, maybe a, a posture of partnership as well, 
right, is good. So that's sort of that I care about you. Uh, now, you don't want to over-partner. You don't want, you, you know, and Cheryl didn't do this, mm-hmm. right? So she was looking at training. I mean, you know, Cheryl Sandberg had an incredibly important role and lots of direct reports, and, mm-hmm. and she didn't have infinite time to improve one person. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, she had resources. She had money. She had budget. Uh, it was Google, for God's sake. So mm-hmm. they could have brought in a consultant or mm-hmm. consultants to help people out. So she had a lot of things to bear, and it was about that partnership. She was actually, I think that's what she was trying to establish. And she went into radical candor because the young lady wasn't listening. Right, yeah. Right, she wasn't accepting anything. Yeah. She wasn't taking it seriously. That was the other part of radical. The other thing is people don't, maybe another part of it is people don't listen very well sometimes, right? Uh, when we're, like I listen to my wife and so I've gotten better at listening and there's hints, you know, her inflection, her voice inflection, uh, something that happens. So I, I'm actually listening pretty intently mm-hmm. and I'm like, oh, she, you know, she didn't say what she means, but I think there's sort of like hints and things yeah. sometimes if you're listening effectively. What well, you- but also there's parts of understanding how people consume what you give them, right? So maybe you tell them something that they're not excited to hear at first because they're not in a place to really receive that feedback and do something constructive with it. So understanding how when you're having that discussion with somebody, how they process stuff, right? It, that maybe they, like like me, I'm a processor, right? So you tell right. me something, I'll think about it, next day we'll come back, and my mind will be right, and I'll have a plan of, hey, let's go do this. But in the moment, I've just got to think it through, right? And I've got to step through everything in my brain and have a plan and have a process. Um, there are some folks where just repetition is key, right? One of the things I talk about when leading teams is sometimes you have to say something seven times before it really sticks. Because a lot of people have a lot of things going on. Right. Maybe they're deep in a code review or something at home isn't going as well as they would like or whatever. So it can't be just a one instance thing. So that's and an, assume it's going to get better. So that's a real good key is is repetition. Is mm-hmm. I think no matter what your personality type or reception type is, I think repetition and for, forget repetition. It's also like feedback. Mm-hmm. Ah, you know what? That speech. That, let's keep using the Sheryl Sandberg example. Mm-hmm. The the young lady does another speech and she reduces her ums right to you know half of the ums. Mm-hmm. Well, well, positive feedback then sort of encouragement. Yeah, starts progressing her down. Ah, I'm getting it right. Yeah. So sort of, it's not just I think, and she didn't say this in any of the videos. I'm sure it's in her training and mm-hmm. materials, but it, her focus was. Get that radical candor out there because we suck at we you know we're so bad at giving it. Mm-hmm. But she didn't talk about sort of nurturing it once right. once it's out there. How do you continue to get the momentum going? Yeah, the the other thing that I really stress with folks whenever we're working through something like this is getting them to be patient, be patient with themselves, and understand it's a journey to solve that that issue. Right? It's not going to. If it was something as simple as oh okay, I'm going to stop saying ums. Right? You just flip a switch, and the next time you're perfect. Right, so getting them comfortable with the path that I always talk talk them through of okay, so I'm telling you now for the first time, you didn't even know you were doing it, right? So now you know you're doing it. What's going to happen is you're going to recognize, oh, I did it, but it just happened, and then next is, oh, I'm doing it, and 
it's happening, so I'm going to stop it from here on out. And then, oh, I'm going to do it, and I stop it, and it doesn't happen. And then it's a habit, and it's not something you ever think about. So getting them and coaching them through those distinct phases of the recognition of the problem right. and the reaction to those problems and how they get there, and then getting them to be patient and understanding these things aren't easy to change. So just working through, because so many people in our field just like, okay, well, I can go change this and it's better. Right. But it's, but it's not that simple. I mean, what's funny is if you watch, and again, Metacasters will put this video up. It's about a 20 minute video, but at the very beginning, pay attention if you, if you view it, uh, because she said, um, twice. Mm -hmm. So in the first like four seconds, so here's a lady doing a Ted like talk and the core essence is what radical (laughs) candor. And this is her core story. This mm-hmm. is her genesis story uh, for her personally, but what you know, why behind the company? Mm-hmm. And and she said um twice uh, within like the first eight sentences, right? Right. But then she came back to your point full circle, and she's like, "I'm not perfect." So she had this self awareness now, mm-hmm. and she's like, it, "You know, I'm so much better, but I still do it." Uh, but I recognize that, and I'm I'm not ignoring it, mm-hmm. right? Um, I'm so so I got this gift from Cheryl Sandberg, right? This gift of uh, awareness, this this candor discussion, and I went through training, etc. But she says it's also a part of who I am. Mm-hmm. So I've improved it to the point, right? I've improved it to the point, but it's it's something that you know I'm never going to be mm-hmm. Steve Jobs, right? Right? I'm not, that's not who I am. Ums are part of what I am, and I'm and I'm okay with that. So I've gotten eighty percent better, or mm-hmm. something like that, right? With hard work and sort of a, it's that journey that you're talking yeah. about. Um, I want to come back to. I'm just going to make a, a radical candor um, statement, but I, I think it is about eighty to ninety percent of leaders. Yeah. I'm going to pick on leaders, and this could be leaders in agile teams, leaders around agile teams. Um, I'll tell my own, I'll try to make it a real quick story. Years ago, I was working, this was in Connecticut, so this was over 20 years ago. Uh, there was this young developer, you may have heard, I apologize if you've heard this, Peter, Peter French was his name. Mm-hmm. He was a Carnegie Mellon grad. He was, he was bright. He was incredibly bright. Mm-hmm. He was working in our operations team. So he was not working, like operations did scripting and things mm-hmm. and testing, performance testing. We were doing trading systems, real-time trading systems. And he was over in the factory that built these things and then installed them or shipped them down to New York City for installation. And Peter wanted to come to development. I was the VP of development. Mm-hmm. So his aspiration was, I'll do some time over here uh, and then I'll come over to... He was desperately looking for a development position. Uh and he worked for the guy who managed operations uh, was Jim Matzinger. And he's, he's probably no longer with us. Uh, Jim was maybe in his 60s at the time. Mm-hmm. Ex-IBM or 30 years. I mean, went through IBM at the time, had leadership schools. Mm-hmm. And they ran you through the, mm-hmm. the gamut of that stuff. So they were, they were really sharp on leadership. So Jim was a, a seasoned leader. And Peter reported to him because he was a weird resource, right? He was a weird person. Mm-hmm. He was like this technical geek. And they wanted some of that technical geekiness to do weird little projects. Um, Jim basically said Peter sucked. Peter mm-hmm. couldn't pay attention. Uh, he couldn't finish a task. He didn't do good work. He didn't do quality work. Uh, he had too much youthful enthusiasm. He was all over the place. Mm-hmm. Um, Jim had worked with Peter for like two and a half years. Um, so he was going to fire Peter. 
and I had worked peripherally with Peter a few times. I used to think that I used to think of myself as the you know that island for loss for misfit toys, <laughs> yeah. right in the, in the Christmas yeah. cartoon. Yeah. That was me. I, I I sort of didn't like people who would fire someone like that. Mm-hmm. So Jim was ready to fire him, and and I'm, I I intervened and I'm like, well, why don't you why don't let me let me take a whack at Peter. Let me right. see what because he's he, damn it he's every engagement I'm like he's he's energetic he's mm-hmm. got ideas he's a quintessential geeky developer he mm-hmm. ju- he just seems like he has potential. Uh, I read I read all of his reviews. Uh, before I inherited him, mm-hmm. so Jim was doing reviews. He had done mid-year reviews, etc. How much of that he was on the cusp of firing Peter? How much feedback do you think he got gave to Peter at all? So verbally, he had given him. Let's talk written first. Right. Written any feedback? No, what, none. What you, none. None. Yeah. none. Thirty-five year IBM vet. I, I I actually called him out. I mean, you might be proud of me, but I, I pulled Jim aside privately. I'm like, you suck. What is this? Mm-hmm. I mean, you know better than this. Right. You need to get off your you need to get off your butt right. and do a better job. I mean, come on, Jim. And I'm I'm younger. I was way younger than Jim, but I'm like, dude, this is disappointing. Mm-hmm. Uh, he had given him no. And at that time, I was like, how much verbal have you given him? And he's like, well, I've given you all the verbal. I haven't given anything to Peter. <laughs> right. So he complained yeah. about Peter behind his back. Um, so I but I took Peter and uh, I took him into my team. Uh, in my first meeting, I did something. I want you to try to guess. What do you think? I gave him something. You gave him all that feedback. I went even more than that. Get, take another step. I, I gave. Even, I gave him a pip. Oh man, you went all the way. I went all the way. I, I gave, and, and and it was. I think this is radical candor. Um, I, I I didn't know how to start. Yeah, there was all this baggage. It was all this freaking baggage. HR knew about it. Everyone mm-hmm. in the company knew about it. Like, Jim was really good at talking behind his back. Right. Right. Um, but he wasn't really good. Isn't That's probably one yeah. of the patterns here, <clears throat> is people are really good at talking around someone and undermining them, but they're not good at sharing, uh, providing the candor to right. them. Yeah. Uh, so I, I had this deci- I made a decision. I'm like, I don't want to. I want to tell him where he stands. Mm -hmm. So Peter comes into my office, and his posture was, guess what? He was perky. He It was like he just struck the lotto, right? I'm in development. I'm working with Bob Galen. This is the cool trading system. This is the coolest thing on the planet. I'm like, Peter, sit down. I have a performance improvement plan for you. And he deflated, and he started crying, Mm -hmm. and he was upset. And he's like, no one ever told me any of this stuff ever in two and a half years. Right. And I'm and I apologize for that. I apologize for the organization. I apologize for Jim, but I'm like Peter. I didn't want to continue it. Mm-hmm. So in, I'm not trying. I know this is a shock to your system. And I said, you have a choice. You can either you can correct. This is where you're starting from. This is the perception. I said I'll do everything I can to get you off this. This is a performance improvement plan, mm-hmm. not a not a firing plan. Right. But I'm like I, I realize that you may be demoralized now. You may be you may be not ready to to do this. Yeah. So we can terminate you. We can get you out of here if we need if you want. I'd rather not do that. But go home. So you're too emotional. Go home. He went. I gave him two days just to think about it. He came back. Long story short, came back, busted his little butt, took every. He became a feedback sponge. Mm-hmm. I gave him feedback. Others gave him feedback. We started having radical. Uh, candor mm-hmm. uh, and he was and, and to his credit guess what he did 
He responded to that. Mm-hmm. He responded like a professional, yeah. and he grew, and he became one of our best software engineers. Yeah. Those are always key moments when you get that feedback the first time. What are you going to do? Are you going to do something with it, view it as a gift, and fuel that change? Are you going to – it's always, oh, no, you don't know what you're talking about, blah, 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 blah. Right. So that's when you know how that's going to go. Well, I think part of it also is the the duration I mean, this this was two and a half years of so so I I didn't he was promoted Josh <laughs> he was given he was he, so it wasn't just that's that he, like criminal yeah he, you know he, he was I can't even and, and I mean this is just one example but it's the one that I I think of a lot and uh, he was promoted mm-hmm. he was given he, you know you get have money uh, so he was given the top percentage of monies. Yeah. He was promoted. Yeah, he was he was groomed. No one told him truth, so I brought him in and told him the truth. So I I, I think it's like attitude, but there's also someone has has treated him so crappily. I don't know if anyone. I think it's a credit to anyone's character to even like pursue through that. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, some of that was beyond him. Yeah. I I didn't know if he had, and I wouldn't have judged him badly either way. Mm-hmm. Because I just dumped two and a half years of crap on his lap mm-hmm. that, that it was criminal. It was not his... Pro- I should have fired three other people or whoever was around him. Right, yeah. Right? Uh, but to his credit, he recovered, right? He recovered himself, and, and, he, and he sort of centered himself. And he became one of... And I'm not exaggerating. He became one of our best engineers. Mm-hmm. Not only that, guess what he was really good at? Feedback, yeah. giving it, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> because I mean, he had a life lesson about how not to treat people, you know, right. like crap. Yeah, uh, I've seen that. I mean, I can't even tell you how many times I've seen mm-hmm. that pattern. Me too. But does that resonate? Maybe I, the Metacasters. Maybe that says that's a story, and it's it's forget. I mean, you're treating people like crap. Mm-hmm. You use the term criminal. Mm-hmm. I actually think of it in those terms. Right. That is criminal behavior. Uh, forget even if you're a manager. What if you're a team member mm-hmm. and and someone is really struggling and you blow smoke up their patoot? For, yeah, <laughs> I, I don't know. So radical candor. Anything else around? No, I think we've done a good job beating that up. I think we were candid about candor. Uh, guy, metacasters. I think it's relevant. I know it's relevant to agile teams and and to agile organizations. Um, I think it's relevant to building trust. I think it's relevant to clarity of communication. I think it's relevant to motivating teams. How do you get a team to become a high-performance Agile team? Right. I think candor, honesty, clarity. Uh, she had talked about no bullshit. Right. And to me, that's all partnered with trust, which was episode number one yep. for us, right? Of it all gets back to... And it's amazing how those discussions will build trust. Absolutely. Right. But but also you have to go into that with trust and have that discussion. And then each discussion builds it stronger and stronger and stronger. And then you can have that discussion that you have to have along the way. And that's where real greatness happens. One of the things, there's other, there's other links to like crucial conversations as a book. And it sort of wraps around these things. But I want to, I looked at one more video by, by this lady, but it's by her company. It was like a five minute video. But at the end of that little video... They kept saying, do it. Be- so because it goes back to what you were saying. You have to repeat it so many times. Mm-hmm. 
So they ended the entire video because there's all this, oh, what's the techniques? All of us get, what's the right strategy? How do we soften it? Can I bring in cheeseburgers so it's more palatable to me? And, And they, no, do it. So what is the key to radical candor? Radical candor. Right. Get off your butt and light a fire under your butt and ha- and take personal accountability and just say truth. Mm-hmm. So I think that's what they were saying. Tell it. Say it. Say it. Say it. Mm-hmm. So that's that's a good ending for this. Yeah. So so don't 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 tap dance around it. Just and get better at saying it. I'm not saying you you know, don't be crappy and continue to be crappy with your feedback. Mm-hmm. But don't find excuses. Just do it. Yep. I agree, man. All right. I can't top that. From beautiful downtown. Fuquay, Verena. Fuquay, Verena. Yeah. I'm Bob Galen. And I'm Josh Anderson. Shake. And bake. Take care, y'all.